This is Eye on Health. Delving into your overall well-being. With MedLab Middle East. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Great to have you with us here on Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer and this is Eye on Health, brought to you by Arab Health and MedLab Middle East. Today we're talking about quality management for modern labs. But what does that actually mean? What are the implications for the average person like you and me. We're going to be speaking to a number of experts in this field and finding out about those real-life applications and what it means for us as patients and the population as well. Joining us now is Lana Alamari. She's a Senior Quality Assurance Manager at the National Reference Laboratory. Can you explain a little bit about what NRL is, Lana, and, and what happens there? So NRL is a network of um, laboratories in the Abu Dhabi region. Uh, we actually um, serve majority of the UAE um, patients. Uh, we have over 200 client um, specimens coming to us. Um, and uh, we're under Mubadala Health um, management. So uh, we, like I said, we cater to all of the um the region's laboratory testing. So we have a lot of uh, specialized testing um, that we do because we are referral lab. So what kind of what kind of things would come through your door then? What kind of issues, conditions? Yeah. What do you what do you, what would you be looking for and and getting back to those physicians and specialists? Yeah. So um, uh, the basic hematology, chemistry, immunology um, we do, but we pride ourselves in um, service excellence of uh, genomics testing. So we do genetics, uh, molecular testing. We do histocompatibility touch. Uh, testing, HLA, as well as anatomic pathology. So we take um, yeah, tissues and, and, you know, organs and things like that and, and test them for oncology cancer patients. Wow, that must be fascinating. How did you come to work in this field? What, what was it that you wanted to be exploring and learning about? Oh, actually, yeah. um, I, I I knew I loved uh, sciences and I wanted to be somehow uh, contributing to the health uh, scene. I didn't know exactly at the time when I was in college what I wanted to do, um, but I did a little bit of uh, research and I found that medical technology was something that was very interesting. Um, so I started out as a laboratory technologist um, in the hematology and chemistry bench. So I was a core lab technologist um, and I kind of grew my way um, into management and uh, quality assurance. So um, that's like my, my passion now. Well, let's talk a little bit about that quality and I guess getting an understanding of why you know, the hard work that happens behind the scenes there um, at NRL and, and also some of the technologies that you're using are just um, so significant. So when we talk about quality management for modern labs, you know, what, what are we actually talking about? Can you define that for us, Lana? Of course. Um, so we are a network of CAP accredited laboratories, College of American Pathologists, as well as ISO 15189, which is uh, for medical laboratory um, accreditation. It's an internationally recognized um, accrediting body. You know, our bread and butter is, is the quality of results that we release to um, the patients because that, that is what we want. We want to have accurate results um, because at the end of the day, this is a patient and they we are diagnosing, you know, we're helping to diagnose um, these patients. And so um, we have a quality management system um, based off of the 12 quality system essentials um, from CLSI, which is the Clinical Laboratory Standards Institute. I, I think um, and that's so a, we've implemented. Sorry, oh, I, 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 I just think that's a really interesting point because it does come back to the, to the the human, you know, the person or the family at the end of this process. You know, by making sure those results are accurate, you're able to give you know physician um, all the information that they need to be making 
a diagnosis, a treatment plan, working with someone to improve their life, improve their health, um, and ultimately, I'm not saying make them better because that's not always possible, but certainly give them Correct. something of a plan and some reassurances. And I think we kind of assume that that quality is always going to be there. You know, we, we put trust in, in the data. We put trust in the labs and the doctor. And sometimes we might, you know, be given a report and look at a piece of paper and go, okay, I see those numbers. They mean nothing to me. But we, we've got that faith in the system behind the scenes, I suppose. And I, I wondered, you know, if you could talk about what can, I guess, lead to inaccuracies or, or lack of quality control in, in other labs or in other circumstances. Yeah. Um, and we know some of the, the kind of the, the pitfalls um, that have happened um, elsewhere. Correct. So, um, I mean, we, we, we have a minimum set of standards that we have to abide by. So if we, if we don't do that, then yes, we can get inaccuracies like you were mentioning. Um, so, for example, it, it, one, of, one of the big things is we need to have standard operating procedures. If we don't have documented procedures, then, um, you know, one set way of doing something, uh, then there's multiple people analyzing one specimen. They could do it different ways and then you get discrepancies. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that we have that, um, you know, if we run the test um, over and over again by different people, we get the same result. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have measures in place um, running quality control um, on a daily basis for all of the analytes that we run in the lab. We have uh, calibration and linearity, which is kind of to measure that the instrument is doing its job. You know, like we're measuring the high range of the samples as well as the low end range. So we're capturing those abnormalities Mm -hmm. um, that maybe would not be, you know, consistently um, captured um, if we didn't maintain those instrumentations, for example. Lana, can I ask you then about what role technologies played in ensuring that quality and those consistencies? Because when we think about, to, you know, labs of years gone by, you know, we have these images of people hunched over a microscope and, you know, examining something. And today, you know, obviously, yeah. well, I don't know, I've never been into a modern lab such as yours. So <laughs> are you able to paint us a bit of a yeah. picture about how technology is used on a day-to-day basis? Oh, for sure. Um, uh, one of the big things these days that um, laboratories are trying to move towards is automation. And the reason is because if you have human um, intervention, then you could possibly have human errors. Um, um, we are we're not perfect and we do make mistakes and so whenever we um, have an opportunity to automate we do um, and so we have total lab automation system which is uh, basically you have um, instrumentations that are kind of you know parallel to each other and and they are um, held together by a robotic track and then with artificial intelligence you can then release those results um, there's an interface between our machines and then the hospital information system. So there's a very little um, human intervention um, with the analytical phase of the, the releasing the results. And in terms of trends in that technology, you know, are you talking there about AI? And of course, I think for a lot of people, we think of AI being this very futuristic idea that you know yeah, but it's actually yeah. m- much more applicable in, in so many more circumstances mm-hmm. than we might realize so in, in terms of things that we can be expecting more of in the future or things that are pot- potentially picking up pace right now 
What are you particularly excited about? Yeah, so for AI, um, it, it involves machine learning. So you have to have a human behind that machine to tell it what to do, basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, you know, you set up algorithms and you set up, you know, different calculated, you know, based on the patient's his- historical um, history, the current symptoms they're having, the lab results and things like that. And, and the algorithms that are set into the machine, it can then um, give you a potential diagnosis and say, okay, this is what the patient has. Um, And then um, furthermore, if it's like a a genetic or molecular type of test, they can tell you what is potentially the best um, treatment plan uh, does, you know, personalized for that um, human. So um, we're we're currently using, we have um, e-pathology. So um, these are where we can run the slides on, on, on the, um, the screen. And so we don't really have microscopes. I mean, we still have microscopes, of course, but we can see the cells um, and do the morphology on the screen. And so if we needed a second um, consultation, we can have someone from different part of the world. We are a network of labs, like I said, so we have our you know pathologists in different sites. So we can connect that way um, much quicker and get those results out, hopefully in a timely manner. I hadn't even thought about that to be honest, that shareability yeah. factor, that connection. And, you know, when we think about, you know, yeah. telemedicine and, you know, digital medical records, which we're seeing, of course, in Abu Dhabi, um, yeah. really, really picking up pace. That's actually a really fascinating way of thinking just how, how fast moving healthcare has become. And I do think COVID has played something of a role of that. I'm not talking about labs Definitely. in particular, but, you know, in terms of our perceptions Definitely. of technology. Yes. Um, do you feel like Correct. the pandemic has had any kind of impact on you guys there at, at NRL in, in terms of oh, adoption? Really? <laughs> drastically. I mean, we had to basically um, overnight be able to um, uh, procure instrumentation and do the validation so that we can do testing for COVID-19 in such a quick um, uh, setup. So um, I have to say the technical operations team did an amazing job um, to be able to work with um, our supply chain and and the various vendors to get in the equipment and then actually do the, you know, the verification that the instrument was ready for patient testing. And from yes. and I think when you kind of zoom out of of you know your you know your specific lab, but also as you're talking about that network, it must be really fascinating yeah. to look at some of the trends in terms of results coming in from around the world. You know, where are we seeing, you know, more, for example, positive COVID cases, or where are we seeing, Correct. you know, yes. higher blood sugars, or what wh- whatever it might be? That are you yes. uh, are you kind of interested in data on that kind of macro scale? Oh, for sure. Um, uh, <laughs> being in the quality department, we analyze data all the time. <laughs> uh, we have to monitor uh, quality indicators on a monthly basis. So we look at the volumes, we look at um, turnaround time data, we look at um, <laughs> everything from pre-analytic to post-analytic. Mm-hmm. So, if you know how many specimen, how many specimen rejections we have, how many um, corrected reports, any um, type of you know, abnormalities, lost specimens, things like that. So um, we're constantly analyzing data um, in, in our field to see what we can do because we, we do look at trends. Um, and if we see that there are some outliers, mm-hmm. um, we, we look into that. We investigate what is the problem, what we can do to improve. Lana, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real kind of interesting look behind the scenes. Um, and thank I just you. want to kind of 
finally ask you a little bit about what your hopes are for the future when it comes to technology. And I'm not saying making your job any easier, but perhaps continuing yeah. to, because we, we, we need people yeah. as well as robots. You know, we need the learners oh, yeah, as, yeah. as, as well as the AI. Um, you know, what, what, are, yeah. what are your hopes for how this uh, a modern lab could be looking in, you know, perhaps a decade's time? Well, yeah, I mean, I have to say, um, staff is our number one um, resource. You know, we we value them because they are they have special expertise, um, and so they won't com- no matter how much automation you have, they won't completely replace the human factor. Um, and like I said, because this is a patient centered field that we're in, we have to have that human connection. Um, sorry, the light in my office just went out. <laughs> We're back. Don't worry. Okay. We're not live. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. <laughs> so um, if you have to have that patient factor. And so I, I, I think that no matter how much automation you have mm-hmm. um, or you introduce, you're always going to need the human intelligence as well behind the scenes. Well said. Um, Lana Alamar, thank you so, so much for being with us today. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah. All the very best to you and the team at the National Reference Laboratory. And uh, keep up the good work. We're counting on you, even if we didn't realise it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Helen. I appreciate this opportunity. Up next, we are talking to Dr. Samir Saeed, a general manager of Connected Care and Healthcare Informatics at Philips Middle East, Turkey and Africa. Eye on Health with MedLab Middle East on Dubai Eye 103.8.